Happy Hump Day, friends. After a couple off, we are back for a post-July 4th edition of NSN Daily. It turned out to be a great holiday at Greater Nevada Field, where the Aces brought some fireworks onto the field before the show in the sky. As I've arrived at this area, I'm realizing this place is absolutely loaded with history. Exploring Our Backyard is back with Nevada Sportsnet's Alex Margulies camping in Sierra County and at Weber Lake, a place not too far from Reno. Mountain West Commissioner Gloria Navarez playing hardball with San Diego State as the Aztecs try to stay put in the Mountain West while also keeping a foot out the door. And as the American Century Championship nears, we have results from our poll of the week. Who are you most looking forward to seeing when the celebrities invade Lake Tahoe? All that and a whole lot more right now on NSN Daily. Well, hey there, and welcome into our champion Chevrolet studio alongside Shannon Kelly. I'm Mike Stephenson, and this is NSN Daily. We're back after a couple days off. Shannon, did you have a good holiday extended weekend? I sure did, Mike. I sure did. It was very enjoyable, very relaxing, and it was great to be outside. Finally, some warm weather, so I was in the pool quite a bit this weekend. Ah, nice. Yeah. I was over at Walker River, yeah. did a little glamping with the family. There and you yeah, go. Took in plenty of UV myself. Finally got a nice little baseline tan. <laughs> yeah. It felt like it was, took a while for it to get hot, but it I did know. it just the right time. I know, and I saw, you know, I looked at the extended forecast. It's going to get pretty toasty We're into in it town now. next weekend. It's We're July. into it. We're oh, into yeah. It. The heat is on. <laughs> and you know a great place to be on the holiday is always Greater Nevada Field, at least when the Aces are home. If the Aces weren't home and you went to Greater Nevada Field on the 4th of July, it might be a little awkward. Yeah, and it was a record <laughs> sellout crowd at Greater Nevada Field for the 4th of July. The Reno Aces taking on the Tacoma Rainiers this week, game one of a six-game series right before the All-Star break. The Aces were down 6-2 to two heading into the bottom of the 8th. Rallied to make it a tie game at six, heading into the ninth. Tacoma went on to score four runs in the top of the ninth. So just when you thought this one was over, Mike, the Aces walked it off in the bottom of what? the ninth. Pivot Pavin Smith was the hero, a bloop single into right center to score the game-winning run as the Aces win 11 to 10. The Jupiter, Florida native will be saying that city again yeah, in this show. I mean, just a little bit, but he was the seventh overall pick in the 2017. MLB draft by the Arizona Diamondbacks. So Smith gaining some more confidence here in Reno as he was optioned to, re to Reno last Friday after spending the first few months with the Diamondbacks. So what a victory. Yeah. And what about some fireworks on and off the field for the Aces That's on the, the 4th of July? So you awesome. Know that sellout crowd was sticking around no matter the result mm -hmm. of the game. Even if the Aces were getting blown out 10 to nothing, every seat was still going to be filled because of what comes after the game. And instead, the Aces are like, how about we give you the highlight of the night during the game with a walk-off win from the guy who's got a bunch of major league experience this year. He doesn't want to be at AAA, but if you're at AAA, these are the kind of moments you want to have for sure. Absolutely, and just to gain some more confidence that, hey, I can do this after he fell into a little bit of a slump with Arizona. Hopefully, he can find himself back up there, you know, get this six-game stretch under his belt here before the All-Star break. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, what an exciting night over at Greater Nevada Field to think they were down there in the ninth just when you thought it was over. It was far from over. Yeah, a bunch of runs in the ninth. It wasn't just that one. So, yeah, the big win yeah. and then, of course, the big firework show afterward to celebrate the 4th of July. A good 4th of July mm -hmm. to be an ace ball fan. 
How about the future? You know, there's a lot of fans that like to know who's coming through the pipeline. Well, we're going to see when A.J. Vukovic makes it into Reno, but right now he's in double-A Amarillo and doing his thing. Got to let you know the Diamondbacks' fourth-round pick in 2020 went to work on Monday for double-A Amarillo. Three at-bats, three home runs, seven runners batted in, and he was also hit by a pitch. That's pretty good stuff. He hadn't hit a home run since June 18th. On the year, though, he's got 15 home runs, 53 RBI, and a 270 batting average. So, balling out for the sod poodles right now. Three homer day. You don't see that very often. We'll see when he ends up in Reno. I'm sure it'll be at some point soon, maybe before the end of the year, since we're not even at the halfway point technically yet. Yeah, he, the all-star break. he uh, barely took, he had a little bit of time at the end of last year with double A and then has spent this whole year with double A. So if that formula kind mm-hmm. of proves true, then maybe the tail end of this year, we see him get bumped up to triple A and maybe he can smack some of those home runs inside greater Nevada field. Three in a game though, that's pretty good stuff. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> you can't say we've said that too many times on that's, this show before, right? That's why it made the show <laughs> on a Wednesday. Yeah, it sure did. And some more minor league baseball news. McQueen High's Robbie Snelling made his high a debut with Fort Wayne on Sunday in five innings. Snelling allowed two runs on four hits with two walks and four strikeouts. He threw 92 pitches for the Tin Caps to get the win. Lake County scored early off of Snelling. Those two runs were in the first inning, but he settled in after that. Of his 92 pitches, 52 were strikes. So a good first outing for Robbie with Fort Wayne. We love to see it because he was so dominant in that low A rankings that we wondered how it would be as he rose to high A. And you mentioned it, a couple first inning runs mm-hmm. as he tried to get a little acclimated, but then it felt like he really settled in from that point on and went five strong. It sure did. I was watching and it looked like he really settled in and, and he had his stuff. The Robbie that we saw uh, with Lake Elsinore and the Robbie that we saw at McQueen High after 11 starts with Lake Elsinore this year, Snelling struck out 59 batters and 51 and two-thirds innings. So... Dang. That's quite a bit. He didn't need to be there much longer, I think, is the feeling we all had. And so we weren't surprised to see him bumped up a little bit. And But Mm -hmm. we're still waiting for the outing where he gets roughed up, like really roughed up. And it just hasn't happened yet. So we'll just have to continue waiting to see. Yeah, awesome to see uh, (laughs) him up there with Fort Wayne. Some other guys from Lake Elsinore were also called up this past week. So a handful of them making their high A debut in Indiana. Robbie showing why he's a top five left-handed pitcher in all of minor league baseball. Set to pitch again for Fort Wayne coming up this weekend. But whereas Snelling was a top pick and poised to make an impact with the Padres, Carson McCusker's route to pro baseball was a little bumpier. The Spanish Springs graduate taking the road much less traveled to reach a major league franchise. After graduating from Spanish Springs in 2016, Carson McCusker had it all figured out as he left to play junior college ball. I'll go here for two years, and then I'll walk on, try to walk on to University of Nevada, and then I just totally 180 my career, started playing a lot better. Crediting his Folsom Lake coach for unleashing his power-hitting potential, after just one season, the former Cougar was drafted by the Milwaukee Brewers. McCusker choosing to stay in the college ranks. It was always my dream to play Division One baseball. I went on my visit to Oklahoma State. I remember showing up there. I'm like, yep, this, this is what, what I'm doing. After dealing with injuries through parts of his four years as a Cowboy, McCusker was not drafted or signed by a major league franchise, instead finding his way to the independent Frontier League. It's hard to walk away from the game, especially when, you know, you can still play it at a a high level. After a couple solid campaigns with the Tri-City Valley Cats, McCusker's third season in Troy, New York, 
proving to be his best. The six foot eight, 250 pounder leading the entire league in batting, slugging, and runs batted in. I started kind of implementing a little late kick. Kept me on time, started seeing the ball a lot better, just being a lot more comfortable at the plate, and I think that's really helped me. All the while, the 25-year-old patiently waiting for a chance with a big league ball club. It's definitely tough to get out of here, I mean, and it's totally out of control, too. I just feel like that I can play at that level, and I just want to see if it can work out. Less than two weeks after our chat with McCusker, the Minnesota Twins came calling signing him to their organization. Honestly, still can't believe it. Uh, definitely wasn't expecting him, hadn't been in contact with anybody, but he came in the clubhouse and announced it. Very surprised. Talked to my parents, girlfriend, all my friends. They were very, very happy for me. I'm just beyond excited. And now the journey continues for the Northern Nevada kid whose effort and determination never wavered. In the off season, in the cages up here during the season, just grinding it out, um, just countless hours. So, I mean, knowing that hard work went to something is, is a special feeling. Man, what a journey to yeah. finally make it with a major league franchise, a kid who was drafted out mm -hmm. of junior college ball, right. but really wanted that D1 experience. So McCusker, he ended up with the Twins single-A affiliate in Fort Myers, Florida. They are the Mighty Muscles. Uh, say that one five times fast. The Fort Myers <laughs> Mighty Muscles. Yeah, I'm not going to do it five times. <laughs> Just last night, he smacked a two-run home run in a win over Jupiter. His first home run for single-A, so already making his presence felt. A lot of those players are probably a handful of years mm -hmm. younger than him as he's right. coming in as the 25-year-old who's standing at, what, six, 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 eight, big dude but now he can really try to rise through an affiliated ball club mm -hmm. and make it to the show if, if it could maybe happen. But just uh, obviously props to Carson for never giving up and just realizing right. like he's like maybe MLB happens, maybe not. I just mm -hmm. want to continue playing because I know I can. And once you stop, then you're just done. And so he had that perspective of like, hey, no matter where I am, whether it's independent league or what, like I still get to do this for a living. I'll have to yeah. go get a real job one of these days, <laughs> but let's just play ball as long as I can. And the Minnesota Twins certainly liked his efforts. They did. And, you know, to think he was hitting over 400, hitting 433, leading the Frontier League in independent ball. And the fact he had a shot, he was drafted, as you said, out of junior college. He had shots again to play in 2019, 2020. Just didn't all work right. out. And uh, now making the most of his opportunity in his third season with the Frontier League. Uh, to be picked up mid-season here like this is pretty awesome. And I know they were really celebrating that in Troy, New York, because anytime one of their fans or one of their players can get up to a, an affiliated ball club, I think that's worth celebrating. So pretty cool to see the coverage of him from our affiliate over there mm -hmm. in Albany, New York, who was able yeah. to provide some of that content for us. So cool to see him getting some publicity out on the East Coast. Yeah. And, of course, we're celebrating him here on the West Coast. Go get him, Carson. Yeah. Keep on rising through the Twins ranks. Pretty cool. It is very cool. Speaking of New York, Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin made a stop at Yankee Stadium over the weekend, throwing out the first pitch there, but that wasn't the only thing he did. He was teaching the Yankee CPR classes. What? This comes nearly six months after he went into cardiac arrest after making a tackle against the Cincinnati Bengals on January 2nd. So there he is giving back. He was at OTAs last month with the Bills participating full time. There's still no timeline as to when he'll officially be ready and can make his return for games this season, but uh, he said he's always loved giving back, and now this is just a part of his story of how he's giving back. Pretty cool, though, to see uh, the players, you know, that are taking time out of their day before this a game. It's unbelievable to get some CPR training. That's, That's just some, pretty wild. That is tremendous video, and just uh, yeah, I mean. 
talk about DeMar Hamlin, the way he shocked all of us when we mm -hmm. quite literally saw him die on the field and right. have to be revived. I mean, that was such a scary moment and it was obviously everything that everyone was talking about at that time. To see him obviously make mm -hmm. a full recovery, potentially get back on the field, it looks like he's going to be, and then, like you said, to be giving back and using his story for the right reasons. Just a beautiful thing. And to get to mm -hmm. do it at Yankee Stadium, too, that's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, against his uh, <laughs> hometown team. That's right. And I saw that he was also at Michael Rubin's white party, which always happens during the 4th of July. Everybody wears white, and it's <laughs> at this amazing house. And so um, DeMar Hamlin got the big invite. I saw Jay-Z was there. and. Oh, a bunch of people. Tom yeah. Brady, so I don't want to name drop. But DeMar Hamlin <laughs> is a face of, of the league, yeah. arguably, right now. And so cool to see him teaching CPR. What a concept. Let's finish with a baseball highlight because we're talking a lot of baseball. But this highlight <laughs> not made by a player. And technically, it wasn't made by the Giants ball boy either. <laughs> San Francisco, whoop, taking on Seattle. And my guy down the first baseline, Ooh. he wanted Aww, a moment. He was so close. He got his moment. So Maybe close. not the one he was thinking about. I like the fully laying out aspect of this, though. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to get this ball anyway. So we uh, we applaud the effort. The good Giants effort. didn't give as good of a one, though, as the Mariners have taken. Oh, the he's looking at it now. Like, he's man, like, mm, I'm going to be viral. I was so close. I'm going to yep. be on NSN Daily. Uh, I was so close, yet I was so far. <laughs> Maybe he needs a new glove. You know, that's one where I think you just let that one go and let the right fielder go chase it down. But yeah. he was doing his job. Got the dirt a little dusted up there, but uh, either way, he stopped it. So that's the big part. That's he stopped the big it part. and grabbed it. So. He's thinking of that for next time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Coming up next here on NSN Daily, is San Diego State still in the Mountain West Conference? A loaded question we'll dive into right after this. Welcome back here to NSN Daily. We're slowly continuing to piece together the Nevada men's basketball non-conference schedule for the upcoming season. College basketball bracketologist Rocco Miller reported Nevada will host Weber State on Wednesday, December 13th at Baller Events Center. We've learned from Miller Nevada plans to host Sacramento State, Pacific, UC Davis, and Montana. The pack will also play a single game at Washington and Hawaii. And the Silver and Blue will also compete in the Diamond Head Classic right before Christmas. So, Mike, it seems like now maybe there's only a few more games left to fill in as Miller has been helping us uh, piece together the schedule. Day Shout out to Rocco Miller. Somebody on Nevada staff has him on speed dial or something. Technically, you can do a, pu a public records request mm -hmm. and you can find the games that Nevada has lined up. And I think Rocco Miller, either someone's telling him or he's done some of that work. Uh, behind the scenes to figure this schedule out. But yeah, as you said, slowly piecing things together. So we got a couple big mm -hmm. sky teams in there. Uh, the Grizz are always pretty good, though, out of Montana. Weber State is also a powerhouse out of the big sky conference. That, that trip to Washington is certainly a big one. I think fans yeah. may be looking for another big Marquee name game. like that. Absolutely. Um, obviously, the Pacific game, it's a team that Nevada's played mm -hmm. a lot. UC Davis, it'll be cool to see Kane Milling come back, but it's none of these games yeah. really getting the juices flowing like that UW game, which, of course, will be on the road. When Montana comes in, that'll mm -hmm. be kind of fun. So. And we don't know yet who they'll play in the Diamond Head Classic. There's you know a handful of teams that are already in there, including TCU. That's one of the big teams that's in there, but we don't know who Nevada will play yet. So I'm sure that'll be released as time comes a little bit closer, right. but that's also another could be marquee game. The potential still, yeah, of filling in and playing some top tier teams. And well, the conference is always pretty strong in the Mountain West, mm -hmm. but ooh, there's a big question mark on what the future <laughs> of said conference looks like. It's the defending Mountain West champion. Well, it is San Diego State. Will this be the Aztecs final year in the Mountain West? 
It's a lot to get to. Commissioner Gloria mm -hmm. Navarre is, uh, is playing hardball, it would seem. As you may have heard, the Aztecs on June 13th submitting a heads up to the Mountain West that SDSU was seeking to leave the conference, but was first requesting an extension to the June 30th deadline to make that call before their exit fee would double from around 17 million to well over 30 million. Commissioner Navarez not only denying that extension, but instead treating that letter as a withdrawal from the Mountain West. With no invitation from the Pac-12 or other power conference, San Diego State reversing course ahead of that June 30th deadline, saying they're going to stick around. Navarez saying, nope, you withdrew. You owe the conference almost $17 million, and this is your last year in the Mountain West. Sounds like San Diego State status is going to be discussed at a July 17th board meeting, but right now, per the San Diego Union-Tribune, the conference is withholding $6.6 million in annual distributions and also disallowing SDSU officials from meetings. Safe to say things are getting a little awkward here, Shannon. Yeah, very awkward now as San Diego State's president, Adela De La Torre, won't be in that meeting as the meeting is with Gloria Navarez and the board of directors, which includes all of the university presidents. So if things do go sideways and San Diego State is no longer in the Mountain West and if they don't have the invitation from a Power Five conference, then what happens? I think there's a lot of questions now and not a lot of answers as neither officials from San Diego State or the Mountain West have commented on the situation as of this latest report here on July 3rd from Mark Ziegler of the San Diego Union Tribune. He's done a great job breaking this down right. and explaining the series of letters. There have been six letters that have gone back and forth. I just think at this point now, it just doesn't make sense to kick San Diego State out because of the financial implications and what they can bring to the Mountain West for these next two years. It's inevitable they're going to leave, but at this point now, why not keep them around for a little bit longer? Um, but we'll see what Gloria Navarez wants to do, wants to do along with the rest of the uh, board of directors here when they have that meeting on the 17th and Mountain West Football right. Media Days are two days later. Right after that down starts in Las on Vegas. July 19th. And yeah, of course, Commissioner Navarez in her first year as mm -hmm. the Mountain West Commissioner and this is the first real adversity or any kind of mm -hmm. uh, any kind of battle that she's had to deal with if you will and it feels like we said earlier she's playing hardball she's playing right. chess not checkers and so maybe this is a long term she knows that San Diego State is probably going to find its way to the Pac-12 once their media rights come into fruition but maybe this is a long term negotiating strategy of hey maybe we can keep them around for a handful of years not just one year or Let's let them ride into the uh, wherever they're going to ride into mm -hmm. come 2024 and suddenly SDSU's in limbo, maybe not knowing where they're going to go because they may or may not have an invitation from anywhere yet. So I think Gloria playing some hardball. Of course, a lot will be decided in a couple weeks mm -hmm. here in that uh, less than two weeks in that July 17th meeting. Uh, I feel like uh, eventually they'll get cordial again. It sounded like the first couple of those letters were cordial, as, mm -hmm. as uh, Ziedler reported. But it's since uh, they have since come to involve lawyers, and it's getting a little nastier. Right. Uh, and so right now, SDSU technically cannot be a part of any of these discussions with the board of directors and whatnot, and they have not got that $6.6 million. They, of course, have made the conference mm -hmm. a ton of money, given the basketball team's run to the national championship game last year. So as it stands, SDSU will be a Mountain West school in 2023-2024. But then after that, as it stands right now, they're independent and they right. got to find a new home. And so that's and what Navarra is saying. Like, if you don't have that new home, then you need to, we need to figure something out long term with mm -hmm. the Mountain West. We're not just going to, 
hang out as you guys try to decide if you want to go to the dance with us still or if you want to like mm -hmm. go with the upperclassmen you know um, and so yeah still so much to be figured out here but it's clear that Gloria Navarro's isn't just going to let the let SDSU even if they are the kind of the top team in the Mountain West top program they're not just, she's not going to let the Aztecs just push push everyone else around I guess yeah no she's not she's made that pretty clear here and their final four run will earn the Mountain West more than $10 million over the next six years in March Madness revenue shares. So that's a lot of money over these next several years. When you're thinking of long term, what can this mean for the Mountain West? What can this mean for the Aztecs? And another thing to consider as well are the TV rights deals for the Mountain West, yeah. which are set to run through 2025, 2026, that academic year. So then things also get shaky because they could restructure that. That's right. Even sooner if San Diego State does depart. So suddenly SDSU leaving could really have a ripple effect throughout the entire conference. It exactly. would affect the Wolfpack and everyone else. Um, so. And so there's reason to want the Aztecs to stay, but then it's also there's reason to mm -hmm. maybe want them to look elsewhere because they clearly have one foot out and they're going to keep that foot out even if they are still a part of the Mountain West next year. So still uh, obviously plenty to be determined. Mm -hmm. We'll await that uh, meeting on the 17th, I would imagine we're not going to get much public comment from either side right. up until that point. And so within the next couple of weeks, maybe we have resolution. But as it stands right now, no 6.6 million for SDSU. And no. the Mountain West is looking for another <laughs> 11 or so to come its way, saying that SDSU has exited the conference. Well, we're going to exit this segment and take a quick break. But coming up next here on NSN Daily, we're back to exploring our backyard as Alex Margulies takes on Weber Lake and more that's coming up next on the show. Welcome back to NSN Daily. Time now to check out another segment of Exploring Our Backyard. Alex Margulies takes us to Sierra County, which is right in between Truckee and Sierraville. This segment is sponsored by LT Automotive. Before you hit the road to the outdoors this summer with your family, you can get all of your RV and car needs taken care of at LT Automotive. Come on in and see us. We'll take pride in your ride. What's up, guys? Alex Margulies here just outside of Truckee. We're here at Weber Lake Campgrounds. You know, I've spent over 20 years of my life in this area, and I love to say there is always something new to explore. That's the case with coming here this week. We're gonna check out the lake. There's actually a nearby waterfall as well, which I'm super stoked about. Unfortunately, Mother Nature uh, has a little bit of a wrench to throw. As you can tell, it's raining, it's hailing. So we're gonna push those off until tomorrow morning. But as I've arrived at this area, I'm realizing this place is absolutely loaded with history. So the building we're in now is the historic way station. We're right next door to the historic Weber Lake Hotel. They were built in the 1860s and they were stops along the historic Hennis Pass Road, which ran from uh, Carson City to Marysville. It's kind of interesting to think that the Donner Party was, you know, 15 years before, and then this was a resort. This is where people vacationed in the summer, um, and uh, they would horseback ride and fish and just uh, enjoy the lake. And at the same time, the Hennis Pass Road was one of the busiest routes over the Sierra. Throughout the years, uh, the land trust and our partners have uh, acquired about 45,000 acres in this area, including about 14,000 to protect the headwaters of the Little Truckee River. And this is one of our only overnight facilities, so you can come here, you can enjoy it for the day, you can stay overnight, you can stay for a week, and, and, it's, and you know, it's, uh, it's pretty accessible to everyone. 
right, we've made it to camp. Sun is out finally, the rain has stopped, and this is absolutely stunning here at Weber Lake. The glassiness of it is really impressive. Tucked here into the pine trees. We're gonna have an amazing night's sleep, thanks to our friends at Michael Hull RV. They've hooked us up with this 25-foot Mercedes-Benz Winnebago for the next two nights. Well, got some nice, thick burgers. Got the fire going. We're locked and loaded. Man, what an awesome morning here at Weber Lake. Absolutely beautiful. Started off my morning with a cold plunge, which is incredible. Now we're gonna go explore the Lacey Meadows. We're gonna go over to the waterfall and uh, see what this area has to offer. Let's go check it out. So glad we waited until the morning. It is absolutely stunning right now. The water is pumping. I walked all the way down. It is so majestic, absolutely worth the trek to come out here. And I had no idea the significance of this area. Weber Lake, another big feeder into the Truckee River. So what happens is water collects there. It comes down this pile of rocks. It flows down the little Truckee River, goes down into Boca and Stampede and eventually feeds into the Truckee River. So you can see why this is such a cherished piece of the area and you absolutely have to come check it out. If you do, please, please respect this place. It's stunning. Let's keep it that way. Definitely coming back like September, October and uh, going for a little swim. We'll see you guys next time here on Exploring Our Backyard. More adventures to come. If you want to check out more episodes, you can find those on NevadaSportsNet.com. This segment sponsored by Michael Hole RV Center. Shout out to the sponsor. Yeah. And shout out to Alex Margulies and also <laughs> Anthony Resnick, our mm -hmm. fearless leader who got some really outstanding shots out there. At I Weber love the Lake. squirrel. Yeah, the squirrel <laughs> eating. Whatever. You see that happening, you're like, I got to get a shot of yeah. that. Um, looked like they had a great time. Looked like they were comfy in that RV. And uh, shout out to Alex for giving us a little history there and teaching us a little something. Yeah, that was, that's pretty cool. I had no idea about that place. Uh, neither did I. And as I'm watching this, it reminds me of the Peter Grubb Hut. It's one of these backcountry huts. Uh, we did a story on it last year. We did a hike up to it. Uh, the Peter Grubb Hut, which was built in 1938. Dang. Yeah, by the Sierra Club uh, as a memorial to Peter Grubb. So pretty cool. It just reminded me, it's very just quiet, Similar. pristine, and, and yeah. hidden. Rich history, yeah. Felt yeah, like they and a were lot of there. history behind it. Boy, they they uh, showed up to some gnarly weather, but it was mm -hmm. worth hanging out for it to all clear, as we saw. And it sounded like when they were up there, I know you got some feedback from Alex that maybe there was a handful of people that were like, oh, no, don't tell everybody about this place. Yeah, that it was just like a place <laughs> that uh, they shouldn't be featuring. Maybe? Like, yeah, it's like, oh, this is our little secret. Yeah. But now everybody's going to know. It's but as Alex said, to keep it beautiful keep it stunning i believe might have been the word that might have been the word yes you are you are correct <laughs> shout out to him for handling the cold plunge as well yeah i know it just it looked so pristine and calm what an amazing lake that's another lake hidden in our backyard here mike tough gig for those two we can handle it back here while they're gone though yeah 
we can. <laughs> but we're also counting down the days to the American Century Championship. Our poll of the week is straight ahead. That's next. This segment sponsored by Bill Pierce Motors. Welcome back to NSN Daily on a Wednesday. Shannon Kelly, Mike Stephenson, we have migrated to the Legends Bay Lounge, powered by Circus Sports. The American Century Championship invading Lake Tahoe once again. We are a week away from the first practice round out there at Edgewood. So, which athlete slash celebrity are you most looking forward to seeing at this month's ACC? That was our Twitter poll question of the week, sponsored by Bill Pierce Motors. Your answers, probably not surprising. The top vote getter with over 45%. Stephen Curry, he'll be back with his pops, Dell, and his brother, Seth. Number two, Patrick Mahomes at just over 20%. Then you got Miles Teller, just under 20%. I think he's back for his third or fourth installment of the mm -hmm. ACC. And then Aaron Rodgers coming in fourth, 14.6%. Shannon, we've covered this thing for the last handful of years. The biggest gallery is Always Stephen Curry's. A always. lot of 30 jerseys out there. Always. You always see so many. It's so close to the Bay Area. Makes yep. sense why there would be a lot of Steph Curry fans. I'm sure he'll be partnered with his dad and his brother again, at least for one of the rounds. Uh, but yeah, Miles Teller, he's been there for quite a while. I remember when we had him on set back in 2019 when Top Gun was being filmed, and mm -hmm. then obviously COVID put that on pause. That's right. So it was cool to hear him talk about it before it came out and then after as we caught up with him last year. But I'm looking forward to uh, Joe Pavelski. Is that your top after one? After that three-way three tie last year, he's my number one. I think he could really make a run in it this year. So uh, he'll be out there, TJ Oshie and uh, Alex Kilorn will be out there. Representing three the NHL. NHL players. So. I'm um, looking forward to them, and then I always love watching Aaron Rodgers as well. Hey, it'll be cool to see him out there now as a member of the New York Jets. Yeah. I believe this is year 19 for Aaron Rodgers at the American Century Championship. Ooh. Funny story about Steph Curry, who, of course, is arguably the face of this event now, him and Charles Barkley towing for that mm. title. Uh, but I went, when I would go back in my autograph-seeking fan days uh. when I was a teenager, I went to Steph's first American Century Championship. It was after his rookie year with the Warriors in which he was pretty good, had some injuries. You know, I think it was his college career that people still knew him mostly for, um, obviously after just one year in the NBA. There was virtually nobody next to him. More, I think more people knew about his dad, Dell, at that point mm -hmm. than they knew about him. And I remember there literally being like maybe 10 or 12 of us around one of his tee boxes and we all got a curry signature which nowadays he can't really sign for everybody because it's going to take him all day yeah i got it i got him signed maybe even twice actually i might have got him on the book and on a picture anyway i just remember how casual it was seeing steph curry out there and now fast forward uh, 15 or so years <clears throat> maybe like 13. Mm -hmm. anyways now he i is, don't want to age is, you he is the guy out <laughs> there and so it's so cool to see that transformation out there in lake tahoe and he's just one of the most welcoming people out there he does a press conference for the media mm -hmm. every year which he, he does, does not have to do no and he still does it so out of those four choices i would have voted steph curry as well but i think my number one oh, there's a lot of people i'm excited to see because this is the best event every year it you is. know i've ex enjoyed exchanging some pleasantries with the last couple of years larry the cable guy oh yeah larry the cable guy is a bundle of I joy he even photobombed one of my interviews last year with uh, <laughs> Vinny del negro who was the defending champion at that point um I, i'm a, i'm looking forward to seeing larry the cable guy
I love Larry the Cable Guy. He's a hoot. <laughs> He's a big rodeo guy, too, and I actually put him on the spot last year because he had never been to the Reno Rodeo before. Mm. And I'm pretty sure he didn't make it this year, so I'm going to have mm. to let him know again that he's got some splaining to do. You have to keep reminding him. <laughs> keep reminding him of that. Uh, also, I love Alfonso Ribeiro, big fresh Prince of Bel-Air guy. Oh, yeah. And he's been nice to me out there, so I, shout out to Alfonso. Maybe the real question is, who are you most looking forward to not seeing? But we don't want to get in trouble here either. No. Mostly everybody up there is pretty cool. Yeah, for the most part. For As most part. Charles Barkley told us last summer ahead of the event, they've pretty much weeded out all the guys who are beeps. And so huh. it's only the nice people that come now because they don't mm. invite you back if you're not nice. So mm. that's where well, we're at now. I guess let's hope everybody's nice up there, right? That we'll see. Otherwise, they're not going to we'll be We'll see starting next, next Wednesday. <laughs> Excited to be out at the ACC next week. We're bringing the desk out there, too. We'll have a couple installments of NSN Daily for you from Edgewood. As, as for next on this Wednesday installment from our champion Chevrolet studio, it is a 4th of July tradition on Coney Island. One we almost didn't get this year. We're talking the Nathan's famous hot dog eating competition next on NSN Daily. Welcome back to NSN Daily. Shannon and Mike still hanging out in the Legends Bay Lounge, powered by Circus Sports. I'll tell you what, sports <laughs> fans worldwide were ready to riot yesterday when it was announced the men's competition at the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest would not take place due to weather in the region. Ooh, it's pouring. Man, it was ugly. And this was after the ladies, though, had been able to get their competition done. You just saw Joey Jaws chestnut. He would not have it. Single-handedly ripping the event away from the jaws of Mother Nature. Okay, Maybe that's not exactly what happened, but they did end up reversing course and doing this thing after a two-hour rain delay. They are off, and Chestnut would claim yet another title. His eighth in a row and 16th overall as he takes the mustard belt once again. Don't know if, don't know if he still has room for all those mustard belts <laughs> there in his hometown of San Jose. How about 62 dogs and buns in 10 minutes? It was far below his record of 76, but still 14 better than second place. Shannon, I ran the numbers. Okay, I read someone Aww. else who read, ran the numbers, actually. Don't tell me this. 18,000 calories, oh. 1,100 grams of fat, oh. nearly 1,500 carbs, 682 grams of protein. I was that humanly possible? I'm going to go get some Tums real quick. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, we didn't numbers. even take place in Holy this. Holy moly. That's yeah. a lot of dogs, but Mr. Jaws, I mean, he's done it again. Hard to believe two years ago was when he did break that record. That's right. With 76 dogs, and then he had 63 last year, 62 this year. Whew. I just can't imagine, though, with this delay, sitting around and waiting, too. Maybe that's why he wasn't quite in that record territory. You saw Mickey Sudo there, who is the women's winner. She's won it nine times. She went, I think, 39 and a half dogs and buns was her final number. So those two at the top of the major league eating game. Mm -hmm. And here is Joey Jaws talking about his 16th win on Coney Island. 16 mustard belts. How do you feel with this uh, Mother Nature coming in here? Oh my God, it was, it was a, what a ro roller coaster emotionally. They, they told us it was canceled. We weren't sure if we were gonna eat today. And uh, I'm just happy. Uh, it's 4th of July and I got, I got to eat some hot dogs and get a win. How does that rain delay affect you? You're just having to wait and you can't eat. Are you drinking liquids? What's going on backstage? It's weird because I try to try time everything out. So, uh, so not only am I empty, I'm amped up, and it all got it, 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 everybody got messed up, and it affected me. But uh, 
Dude, I, uh, I feel great. I, uh, I, got, I, get, I got leftover room, so I'll be having some beers later. Well, we all know that this is a very unique uh a very unique event and there's expectation that comes with that because your fans are here and they're here to support you are you always looking for the world record or you just want the win oh my gosh yeah i, I love to push myself i'm getting older you know that i'm 39 so it's, it's uh it's great to be able to push new records and know that i can still uh push my body to new limits today uh things got in the way uh and uh, but i'll be coming back so everybody wants to know, is 77 even possible? You're setting your own world records. You're winning year after year. I mean, is there going to be a challenge? Are you looking for that world record? Oh, of course I'm looking for the record. I'm, I'll, I, uh, I was hoping to get it today, but uh, it just didn't come together. I, I knew I was slow from the start, and uh, maybe I, I was a little bit bummed out, so maybe I uh, played it too safe. Um, yeah, it, I'll, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. You can bet I'll, 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 77 is doable. What are you going to eat tonight? Ah, uh, it's a liquid diet tonight. Well, congratulations, 16. You should be very proud. Oh, Back to you, you guys. It's a liquid diet tonight. Ooh, I like that. I would hope. Some celebratory liquids, I would hope as well. Chestnut, maybe you know, holds 54 major league eating records, including chicken wings. About 182 oh. of them in 30 minutes. Yikes. Hard-boiled eggs. This is a lot to swallow. 141 hard-boiled eggs in eight minutes. Oh my gosh, doom, 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 doom. Grilled cheeses, yeah. 47 in 10 minutes. Here we go. Twinkies, which you would think are, you know, a lot easier, <gasps> like similar strategy <gasps> to the hot dog. Oh, the but sugar. Like 121 Twinkies in six minutes. I don't even want to know the sugar intake I, on that. No, I don't even want to know. That's so, way beyond my, <laughs> I can't. Imagination, right? Like, I don't even but know. We have had the very famous Joey Chestnut right. in the NSN studios before right. back in 2019. He was participating in the Hooters World Wing Eating Contest up at Heavenly in Dang. South Lake Tahoe. He has so, graced this studio. He has graced his That might be the biggest here. thing to ever grade. We've had Super Bowl rings in this studio, but I don't know, Joey Chestnut. Joey Chestnut. And um, he's talking about coming back and trying to go for that record, which is just incredible he used to come to the rib cook-off for mm -hmm. years i don't know if he still comes but they did a rib eating competition that he claimed the crown within uh, multiple times and so uh yeah there was folks yesterday talking about he's the most dominant athlete of all time having won 16 it's of insane. 17 hot dog i don't know about athlete but then there's an argument to be made that what he's doing is uh physically imposing maybe more than yeah. a lot of sports Oh, yeah. I mean, how do you train is he your an body athlete? for that? He's an athlete. Yeah, he has to train his body for that. That's true. Not one can just eat that many hot dogs, Twinkies, wings. I just, I, I feel really bad for his insides. What do they look like? <laughs> That's the thing, because it's not just the hot dog eating competition every year. He's doing all kinds of different yeah. ones. And so, like he said, that diet outside of these competitions has to be pretty strict. But there's all right. those different all those different strategies and the shaking and you got to get the buns wet so they slide down anyways it's a little graphic but i can only watch like a couple minutes of the hot dog. i like to watch the last couple minutes because it's too much 10 straight minutes of them just stuffing their face it it's is a, a lot much. it is i did watch all 10 minutes yesterday dang but way to stick through it yeah it was especially lot, with the two hour delay too i think like uh, i yeah. said people I were ready to I just write had, yeah i just had espn on as we we're doing stuff around the house and then i was like <laughs> oh wait it is gonna happen today People were but. like, if we don't get the hot dog eating contest on Independence Day, like, is this even America? Like, yeah. that's, the, that's the way people it were reacting. It wouldn't have been the same if it was today. And I believe Joey came out. That's why I joke that he single-handedly saved the event. He came out during the delay, and I think a hot mic caught him saying, like, I'm going to go grab everybody, and we're going to do this dang thing. He might have used <laughs> different words. But I want to say, and I'd like to believe that Joey 
Maybe they'll do a documentary on this one day. Yeah. The rained out 2023 <laughs> hot dog eating contest. Joey, I think, made this thing happen. It'll surely it's be his day every one year. to remember. It <laughs> really is. <laughs> <laughs> National <laughs> Joey Chestnut Day. I'm just so glad we gave this an entire segment July. because it deserves it. Yeah, it does. It only happens once a year. Right? It was a staple when I was working in Montana. The hot dog eating contest was a staple in every one of my sports casts every 4th of July. <laughs> I mean, how do you not talk about it, right? Local sports. One of those problems. years. <laughs> exactly. One of those years. Joey won it. And then he proposed to his wife after who was also a competitive eater. I oh, mean, it's wow. just poetic. There's no sport like Major League Eating. Yeah. Until next year. Until next year on Coney Island. Well, the Las Vegas Valley was <laughs> lit up on the 4th of July. Not with just fireworks either. We'll wrap up today's show with some pretty cool visuals. Check this out, the MSG Spear, 366 feet tall, 516 feet wide, the largest spherical structure in the world was officially lit up on the 4th of July down in Las Vegas. It'll officially open in September to the public. The U2 concert will be the first thing there in September, but a 17,000 seats inside of that mic. What am I looking at right what now? What are we looking at? <laughs> I would have loved to have been flying over Vegas last night to see that thing lit up. I don't know. I might have been a little freaked out. But I no, think that would have been awesome. I, I, no, I'm telling you, this is incredible. That's it looks, amazing. What the heck? It looks yeah, that like, looks kind of weird. It looks like eyes, somebody but... <laughs> photoshopped this into just some general video of the street. Right. right? This looks like something that has just been placed there mm -hmm. with graphics. But this is actually a real physical structure in Las Vegas. Well, it just adds to the allure of Sin City. I saw a funny, oh my gosh, oh, look at that, look a little at that. summer league, little summer league action, advertisement. gearing up. So the first event will be in September. It'll be a U2 concert. Mm -hmm. Of course, they'll get to christen the place. I believe our Nikki Pika, NSN's own, has tickets to see them there in oh, November. Wow. That'll be special. We'll have to get the loadout We'll need some her. pictures, yes. Um, Man, that looks. But I, I saw a funny reaction on Twitter yesterday. It was like, well, if we... If we wanted any reason for the aliens to come visit us now, like this is an open <laughs> invitation or something like Especially that. with that eyeball, right? Exactly. And it's really not that far from Area 51, if we're being honest. Well, too, so. yeah. Hmm, hmm. What's going on here? Hmm. That looks pretty awesome, though. Look at all the different stuff. Like, Dang. I'm curious who the artist is that created all of these different uh, pictures and paintings, yeah. designs for the outside of it. Right? Because that's not much different than just your run-of-the-mill widescreen billboard. Uh, lit up billboard. And so, yeah, the oh, opportunities, Ooh, little American flag oh, action. Oh, yeah. Okay, I think we buried the lead today because I am just absorbed in this sphere. Should Excited to see what goes like on 10 in there. Minutes? Yeah, it might send you into a trance. You gotta look away, <laughs> Shannon, look away. Excited to uh, see what happens there. Uh, you too will be a good one. If you had to see anybody there, who would you want to see? Oh, man, I really wanted to see uh, Chris Stapleton. Ooh, I'm He's, joining you on that. Yeah. I, he's on my list. Stapleton in the sphere. Yeah. Let's hope it happens. Right? She's Shannon Kelly. I'm Mike Stephenson. This was a Wednesday installment of NSN Daily. Let's do it again tomorrow, friends, shall we?